I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello, all you beautiful people out there created in the image of God, intended to conform to the image of Christ. We're living in a fallen world, but we can stand on his word. We can walk in the spirit. We can overcome the sin that so easily entangles us. And if you're watching this, you probably kind of know that in the back of your head. But you know what? You may need a little encouragement. So we're going to offer that to you. We're going to give you some meat, not just milk. We're going to Get ready to eat spiritually because this will be a good one. I'm excited to have Mike Novotny back with me today. Uh, he is a pastor uh, at a church called The Core in Appleton, Wisconsin. He's also the lead speaker at Time of Grace, and we'll show you that in, in a bit. But he's got a new book. It's called What's Big Starts Small. And we're talking about growing your faith, and, and I'll, I'll ask him about this, but is is how much of this faith growth is is like ours versus just kind of getting out of the way sometimes and and letting God do it. But there's some very practical things that you need to know that will help you. So we're going to talk about them today. Chat is open. You're invited to be a part of the conversation. We appreciate everybody that jumps in here live as well as people that watch in the replay. Always appreciate your comments. So let's get growing. Mike, great to have you back on Life Today Live. Thanks for having me back, Randy. So, okay, when we talk about faith, and we're going to get into some, some nitty-gritty here, some really helpful details, I, I, what, there's, there's this tension between what we have to do, what's our part, what's God's part, and sometimes we get tripped up in that. We, mm. you know, you can, there's, there's for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch, and it seems like we, we find ourselves on one side, either I got to do this all, it's all about my faith, I have faith in my faith, you know, versus mm. yeah, God's going to do what God's going to do. Where, where do you see that tension falling? Yeah, you. I think you chose the right word. It's a tension. Um, it's something that we tend to uh, get a little bit too much one way or the other. And so just knowing that those two things are both true at the same time, that God is the one who works in us, not just to do his will, but to even want to do his will. Hmm. You know, he's the one that is in charge of making things grow. First Corinthians chapter three. Um, I just memorized that passage. The one who sows and the one who reaps, really they're nothing <laughs> but just God, the one who makes it grow. So there's that. But then you find at the same time in the New Testament, calls to obedience, mm -hmm. calls to action. You know, let's work while it's day. Let's aim for perfection. Let's be perfect as our father is perfect. So, I, you know, I think the perfect analogy for that, and we're going to dig into this a bit, is just how gardens grow. I mean, you can grow anything in your garden if God hadn't created seeds with such exponential potential. Yeah. Now you could poke the dirt all day long, but you couldn't grow a single tomato if God hadn't put something powerful in the seed. And, and yeah, it's anyone who's tried to grow a garden, especially in Texas, I hear. <laughs> you know, you don't just throw a seed out and say, well, there, you know, God's going to do all of it. Mm. You work the soil, you set up the sprinkler, you pull the weeds, you put up the fence to protect it from the critters. Mm. And so they're just like a garden. So also our faith, there's a tension between the exponential power of the word that's built within it by its very nature. And then the calling that God has given us to actually do something with the word to protect it. Yeah. And it's interesting that the Bible talks about all we need is the 
faith of a mustard seed, which is a tiny seed, uh, but yet there's power there. I always thought that was interesting because you know I've I've been I have lots of friends that are uh, of the mindset that they have to grow their you know they have to have all this massive faith in order to get what they want. Um, or, you know, really for to please God. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I understand without faith it's impossible to please God, but yet he just requires the mustard seed. It, it seems like a very little bit on our part, but yet, like you say, there is there is work to be done. Now, you yeah. dig into a parable, no pun intended, um, that we all know. <laughs> that we, we all know this parable, but you really pull out some profound truths, I think, that are very practical. Mm. Let's let's get into this. Walk us through what, what you're talking about. Yeah. So this book that I wrote, What's Big Start Small, is like 200 pages of diving into a single story that Jesus told about how faith works. And it's the parable of the sower. So in the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke especially, we find 30 separate stories that Jesus told. You know, parable of the prodigal son or the lost sheep. Um, I never knew this before, but the parable of the sower, if you go by word count, it actually is number one on the word count list out of all 30. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the Holy Spirit in Matthew saying, hey, this is really important. I'm going to give this a bunch of space. And then Mark comes back and <laughs> the Holy Spirit's like, hey, just in case you missed it, there's this. And yeah. then he inspires Luke. And just in case you miss it the first two times. And in this story, Jesus basically unpacks, um, I think, two things. First of all, he talks about the crazy potential of just a little seed of God's word. Um, You know, one sermon, one devotion, one song on Christian radio. Mm. It's not like you need to memorize the whole Bible for it to do really big things in your life. Mm. You know, so I sometimes think about that, how dinky a little seed is and (laughs) an acorn, a tomato seed. Would you, would you even believe like how big and massive that can grow? And so, you know, Jesus just gets me hyped up like, wow, I could hear something this upcoming Sunday at church, or you could read something in your Bible before this day is done that could change your life. Hmm. So, I mean, that thought, and that's what God wants. That's why he's given the seed. He wants it to grow into big things. So then we get to the the question of how come I can go to church and hear that great sermon from Mike Novotny or someone else, (laughs) uh, or, you know, and, and then it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and Jesus gives the perfect answer. In fact, he lists six answers to that question. The whole parable of the sower is not about people who skip church, <laughs> but about people who hear the word. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's not like, well, people who read their Bibles and hear God's word have great faith, but people who don't end up with small faith or no faith at all. Actually, every example that Jesus gives in the story, the rocky soil, the hard path, the cluttered soil and the good soil, all of them, he uses the phrase, these are people who hear God's word and hmm. and then something happens that kind of separates the soils from each other. Hmm. And so I kind of read through all the three versions of the parable and I found six separate threats. You know, in our gardens, there's a, a dry summer or there's tough soil or there's the birds that snatched up the seed. Well, spiritually, Jesus gives us the six things that get in the way of the Bible producing great things in us. And so I just try to break those down and give some pretty practical solutions to how to overcome them. Well, pick one because this is this is where the rubber meets the road, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. and I think we've all experienced levels of all six of those at some point in time. 
and, yep. and obviously awareness of them, I think is the first step because when you realize, okay, this is going on, then we can kind of get to the solution. So take yeah. one of those and walk us through it. Yeah. So uh, in less than 30 seconds, here's the no, six. Take, take the time. Take the time. Yeah. Pride, pain, worries, wealth, wanting, and not waiting. Not waiting. So pride, which is basically, I, I'm going to hear this, but I, I don't want to take it to heart. Mm. Like a path, I'm hardening my heart. The word's not going to get in there. I'll go to church, but I'm not, I'm not going to repent or change my ways because of it. Pain is where, oh, I really like church. I love God. I want to follow him. But in my family or with the person I'm dating or with my friends, they're not loving this Jesus stuff as much as I am. And I had all this enthusiasm on Sunday morning, but on Saturday night, it's starting to, to shrivel up. Mm. So that's the, the painful part of being a Christian. Mm. The next three are actually all in one metaphor. The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things. Um, this is where I'd love to go deep with you. Yeah. Is Jesus said, sometimes being super busy for various reasons, you know, just like a little seed that's trying to grow with a bunch of weeds or thorns, it happens to so many Christians. We, you know, we squeeze in church on our busy sports weekends. Mm -hmm. We rush through a devotion, but then we're checking our phones like before the amen. Yeah. <laughs> we make it to worship, but like I hear the buzz in my pocket and my brain's thinking of work or lunch or whatever. So sometimes Jesus says you can have a connection to the Bible, but your life is so busy that you simply don't have time to think about it or to put it into practice. Okay. Do you think is well, that, that's interesting? Uh, I don't know. I've thought about that one. The Bible talks a lot about meditation. Mm -hmm. I will meditate on your word day and night. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, is that is that sort of the uh, what what you're describing with the busyness? Sort of the the other side of the opposite of the meditation kind of thing is is it that we because that seems that almost seems too easy in the sense of if if I want to have a stronger faith, I just need to think about it more? I mean, mm. is that it? Th that's not it, but that's a, a necessary part of it. Okay. Yeah, so I have, you know, here I have this uh, pack of tomato seeds, mm -hmm. big, beautiful, ripe red tomatoes. So if this is what you want, it's super interesting. On the back of the package <laughs> are the directions from the gardening experts, <laughs> like the people who know how to get this. <laughs> say this. And what I found super interesting is about half the directions on the back of this package are about space. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like, hey, don't put too many of these seeds in that little hole that you dig. Like that seed needs space if it's going to grow. And if you're going to do multiple rows, don't put those rows too close together. Make sure you have like a whole three feet between them. <laughs> and then when they start to grow, they actually say, pull some of them out, like th thin it out. So just one plant can grow to full maturity. Huh. Right. So if that's how seeds work, you know, that just made me think, let's say I go to church and the sermon is about husbands, love your wives. It's going to take some time for me to both think about that and apply that. So it bears fruit. I mean, did my wife just want me to go to church, fill in the blank in the bulletin, all right, I'm supposed to love her. Check. That's done. <laughs> like, no, that it's going to take some time for me to think about what makes her feel loved. It's going to take some space in my schedule to actually follow through on those things to make her feel loved. So for that 
that seed of, I mean, and that can be a life like marriage changing thing, right? Husbands lo- love your wife, sacrifice for them. Yeah. But if my life is so busy with work and watching my favorite team and, you know, mindlessly scrolling through Netflix, sometimes the worries of this life, the desire for other things, the deceitfulness of wealth just kind of choke out. So I'm, I'm hearing it, but there's just not space to think about it and apply it. Sounds like you're suggesting that many of us might need to just kind of clear out some things that, and even not, not just the bad things, but the things that crowd the really important things. Yes. Uh, I found it profound when I studied Jesus' story um, that he said often what, what chokes out the faith, really great faith, isn't the desire or the want of evil things. Mm. It's the desire for other things. Mm. You know, and I think that's the tricky part about it. I'm not, maybe I'm not serving my wife this week, but it's not because I'm out like robbing banks. <laughs> you know, it's not, right. it's not explicitly evil things. It's just all this, it's all these lesser other things that get in the way of the best things. Yeah, and that's, so, that's yeah. interesting. I think the law of the garden just like if we really have to think about the busyness of life because I if there's one thing I know about American Christians is that we're busy. Yeah. We're so busy with all kinds of things. And sometimes we think we're would be bad people if we stop being so busy. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. That, that's not how gardens grow. It sounds like we need to say learn to say no, even to some things that aren't bad. Yeah, but maybe good. But. God may be saying, you need the space for what I'm trying to grow in you right now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To, to me, it's actually, it's empowering because yeah. we sometimes feel like bad Christians. If I don't, you know, the church has a need for volunteers for this. I, I God wants me to say yes to this, right? right. Maybe, well, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe he wants you just to be a, a great neighbor or to care for your parent who's getting older. Maybe this isn't the season for you to sign up for every Bible study and small group and volunteer opportunity. Maybe to grow to full maturity, this is just a season to be a mom or to be a, a daughter uh-huh. or to be, you know, fill in the blank. So th- to me, it's Jesus' permission saying, he actually, um, sorry for the rambling thought, he he picks the word in this parable when he talks about the worries of this life. It's the same word he uses with his friend Martha. Hmm. You know, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about so many things, but there's only one thing that's needed. Hmm. So Jesus has given us permission to slow down, clear out the schedule a little bit. Doesn't make you a bad Christian; it just makes you a wise one. That that's very interesting. I I do think, and I know you've seen this, that that that's probably why we see a lot of failure amongst people in ministry, is because they're so busy doing the ministry that they're crowding out what God's trying to grow in their lives. Yes. And uh, I tell you what, my dad, my dad, I'll give my dad credit for this he he did that early in life uh and and i have heard him for the last gosh 20 years especially when we get a young fiery you know evangelist type like he was someone who's doing some really great things he i have heard him several times tell people you need to not accept every invitation to speak you need to learn to say no you need to do what jesus did which is to pull back from the crowd sometimes Mm -hmm. and just spend time with god yes yeah, and yes. and I have heard some of those come back and even tell me your dad told me this all these years ago and they, yeah. and they, and some of them have said I didn't do it and and it hurt me and others have said I when I did it 
I, I saw the wisdom in it. That's a very oh. interesting observation. I don't think that's a take that you hear on, on the, the parable of the sower of the seed. Um, but, boy, somebody needs to hear that today because yeah. that's what I think some people are struggling with. I want to show people the book again real quick, and then we're, we'll hit another point out of this. What's Big Starts Small by Mike Novotny. And you can get that wherever you get books. Uh, you can go to timeofgrace.org, by the way, uh, and then they've got it there, of course, uh, a lot, along with some other great resources. But um, <laughs> sorry, I'm re- reading some of the chat. Uh, just what? Are, in addition to that, so here, here's one thing that I struggle with, and I mentioned to you, this to you before uh, we started. Is is you know we have this idea, and I didn't find the reference. I'm terrible with addresses in the Bible. <laughs> Those were added later, by the way, so I don't feel any guilt. <laughs> yes, go, go in peace. <laughs> okay. Um, but we have this idea that, that God's Word doesn't come back void, and yet we have this parable that we've all heard, and it's about God's Word kind of coming back void. What's what's going on there? I mean, because what I hear you saying is that we can be in church, we can hear the Word, and not have the bountiful harvest, but yet that that's, that almost if, if if my understanding is not correct, I can think that maybe that contradicts this other idea that God's word never comes back void. What do yeah. what do you see there? Yeah, you know, so much of the Bible is two things that sometimes one is meant for a certain audience and another is meant for another audience. Mm-hmm. You know, God's love for the whole world, even the worst sinner. You know, that's something I'm going to preach when someone feels like they're unforgivable. And God's holiness and judgment upon people is a whole nother teaching that's kind of meant for people who are, you know, proud and arrogant and unrepentant. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of see that tension here. You know, if if someone is lazy, complacent, check, I went to church, I said my prayers, whatever, I'm going to preach the parable of the sower mm-hmm. and be like, oh, wait, 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 well, you don't do that with your garden, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So like... Let's not do that with the garden of your soul either. I think the passage you're quoting, I believe it's Isaiah 55, you know, as the yeah. the rain and snow come down from heaven, yeah. which probably sounds great in Texas right now. <laughs> if yeah. only, we don't know what that is. You know, and doesn't return empty. It, it makes the uh, the land blood and, blood and flourish. Show is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Um, I had a professor that told me years ago, sometimes the purpose of God's word is to you know create and strengthen faith in those who believe. At other times, the purpose of God's word is to provide evidence for the future judgment. You know, imagine years from now, a friend of mine who's rejected Jesus, he's standing before the throne and he's being judged, and he feels like God's being unjust. Hmm. Well, here's this com- here's this invitation that Mike gave you to come to church. Here's this spiritual conversation he tried to have. So, you know, I might be saying, hey, I'm sowing the seed out there and it's not working. Like I thought the word was supposed to change and save people. Well, it is working. It's just achieving a different purpose that God might have had. So, you know, the means of blessing and salvation, the evidence of of, a future judgment, all of those are good purposes from a a just, holy and merciful God. Interesting. Wow. I love love that you take two things, context (laughs) and big picture, because we we miss those sometimes we get we get focused as my former pastor liked to say we we, we find a tooth and build a dinosaur 
and we do that theologically way too much. <laughs> so, no, that's good. I like I like this this look. Now back to the the, the sower of the seeds. Um, in this, and when you're talking about the space, is the, is that the same as the not waiting part, or is that a different potential? Yeah, uh, that's the last one. Yeah, I'm curious about that one. Yeah, and I've been. That's the one thing Jesus didn't explicitly say, but. I think he implicitly said it by using the analogy of a seed and a harvest. Hmm. So I've, uh, my parents grew up on a farm. I did not, but I think, I think I know this much that, you know, a farmer doesn't plant his field on Monday and then come back with the combine on Tuesday to harvest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the nature of seeds this is true for human development too, is it takes months, years, sometimes decades for yeah. things to grow to maturity. Yeah. And especially in American, like 5G, drive-through, fast food. Right. Like, well, I had to wait 0.2 seconds for this webpage to load up. You know? right. yeah, we're, we're so used to instant stuff that maybe we need to be reminded that the Bible passage, the devotion you have this morning might not bear fruit until six months from now. Hmm. Uh, it, it might be a whole season until like this sermon series at your church actually becomes practical. I mean, we love it when there's like a next step we can instantly take, but th that's really not how seeds work. Hmm. You know, I don't, I don't stick in the ground, stare at it, come back the next day and say, well, that was pointless. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. We, but I think we do that, especially if you, if you, you have children and, and if you have children, sometimes you're like, man, I, I've been praying about this for days now. <laughs> yes, days. Yeah, yeah. Just the, I mean, think of the Bible. God promises Abraham and Sarah, "You'll have a child," mm. and decades later, they're still waiting. God says through Isaiah, "The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and you'll call him Emmanuel." And seven hundred years later, he <laughs> he fulfilled the promise. Jesus said, uh. "I'm coming back soon." <laughs> Two thousand, right? So that's just my way of saying. Don't don't bail on good spiritual habits because you don't feel like it's working. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so back to the part that is our responsibility. How mm. are we good soil? Yeah. I think being intentional about the, the six threats. I asked some really specific questions in the book, you know, just helping you see, am I open to hearing anything in God's word, no matter how much it changes. Like that's a check for good soil. Do I really care about what my God thinks more than my coworkers, colleagues, professors, neighbors, and mm. significant others think? Yeah. Okay. That, that's what it means to persevere, to retain it and not wither when it gets hard to be a Christian. Um, am I giving space, not just to squeeze the hearing of God's word into my schedule, but do I have time to meditate on it? Like Psalm one says, mm -hmm. so that I can become a, a tree planted by streams of water? Um, am I not so busy with money and possessions and taking care of the stuff and buying the stuff that I have? Do I have some flexibility in my schedule? If God would put a good work before me, I could say yes to it. Um, so yeah, Jesus uses phrases like people who hear the word, they retain it, they persevere in it. All fancy ways of saying, can you get through those moments when it's hard? Mm. Can you keep being obedient? Can you not give up on God's truth just because it's more difficult than it was in the pew on Sunday morning? Yeah. So that's what I think good soil looks like. Yeah. And as James says, doers 
of the, those words as well, not just hearers only. Yep. yep. Um, what 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 guarantee do we have from God that it will happen? Mm. Yeah. So something that never struck me until I really got deep into this parable, you know, I'm studying it for days and weeks and I'm writing tens of thousands of words. And, you know, so much of the story is about there's this kind of soil and there's the rocky soil and there's the cluttered soil and there's the good soil and be careful of this and this and this. And if I was going to give a name to the story, I would think it would be called the parable of the soils. Hmm. You know, if I'm a pet. If I'm a pastor, here's my big idea. Here are my four parts. Mm-hmm. But that's not what Jesus calls the story. He he himself in the Gospels gives the story a name. Hmm. You know, we normally the parable of the prodigal son. That's a title that we made up. Right. But in this case, Jesus says, "Listen to what the parable of the sower means." Interesting. And I thought, wait, wait, wait. The the sower is kind of like a minor character, isn't he? Like he showed up in the beginning, he sowed the seed, then he's gone. And you kind of think, well, you know, then the soil's got to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> n- n- not to Jesus, you know. To, to Jesus, you might feel like you're doing all this work to have a, you know, don't be too busy and don't take people's opinions too seriously. But there is a God behind the scenes, a, a spirit who is working with that word. And you can't see him and you can't always feel him or sense him. But th- this is his word. Your heart is his temple. And so I think that's the guarantee that the God who gave the seed, he's not just walking away. Mm. He is the good gardener who loves the soil of your heart more than you do. He's going to forgive you when you mess this up. Yeah. He's going to empower you when you need courage and strength. And so, yeah, to me, before I just got crushed by the burden of this story, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, Jesus swoops in and he gives it the perfect title to to give me comfort and hope. I've, I've been studying some different parables for a different reason entirely. And it, frankly... It frustrates me when they're not explained. Okay, maybe you've been there. Yes. But yes. it's interesting that this is one where they're like, "Lord, what is what does this mean?" And he walks <laughs> through and explains it, and then they all put you know they put it in the synoptic gospels, and yeah, it must it must have been something that when they look back, they could see how true it was in their lives. And as you've studied this, and this is not the first time you've studied this. Have, have you looked in your congregation, in your own life, in the lives of those close to you that that you've seen this actually at work? Yes. Oh, yes, 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 and yes. Yeah, I, in the book, I tell the depressing story. I'm All my life, I've loved playing video games. <laughs> and uh, I used to be really great at Guitar Hero, and then I had kids, and... They were learning to walk and they kept pulling the guitar like cord out of the Xbox. <laughs> so when I would get super frustrated, that was God's sign of like, okay, I got to step away from video games. Well, believe it or not, just before I start writing this book, um, we get a video game system for my kids. And then of course, dad gets sucked into playing when the kids are asleep and away. And it's not a bad thing. For the kids. For the, for, for <laughs> the kids. This, this, this right. is for you kids, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, literally as I'm writing, um, the, the new video game systems will track how many hours you're playing. Hmm. Mm. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, I wish they wouldn't have done that. But I kind of noticed like, okay, this isn't a wrong thing. It's not a bad thing. But when's the last time I crawled into bed with my wife? Just like no kids, no pressure, no screens. Just checked in on her heart, held her hand and prayed for her. 
Like th there's something better than these video games that I'm playing. Hmm. And, and so this, this parable really, it made me think of balance. It made me think of priorities. It helped me to set down that controller, not because it was bad, right? but because there was something better waiting for me upstairs. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, the, um, there's a woman who read this book, one of my friends who said, this is not the book you want to read, but it might be the book you need to read. Yeah, It might be the book that puts its finger on that thing that's kind of gotten a little bit out of control and it's robbing you of the, the heart space that you need to really enjoy the gospel and apply the law. Yeah. So that's kind of my hope for this book, that it would do for others what it did for me, just getting things back into balance to be a little bit closer to that good soil. I, I got to tell you, in, in this, we're, we're on, 50, I think, day 53 of no measurable rain at DFW Airport here. We've had over 33 days, I think, now of 100-plus degrees, and my grass was dying, and I thought it was the heat, and I'm watering it, not working. Then my neighbor said, yeah, it could be chinch bugs. I'm like, I don't know what those are. <laughs> figured out it's what it was and so i had to go to the store i had to buy all this bug killer and i had to walk around and spread it and i've had to do that multiple times and you can see these hard lines in my grass where it's gold it's awful golden grass it's not what you want and then it, i mean a hard line of the green and that's where the bugs are were, were eating their way and i stopped i stopped oh, them wow and now i'm trying to go back and get something green to grow where it's this wow. golden color and I, I i think that's a little bit of what you're saying sometimes here is look the the principles god's put in place to grow to grow your faith but there's some work you might need to do and you may not want to do it mm -hmm. it may be uncomfortable but you, yeah if you if you want to have a green yard if you want to have that faith that's really alive and growing mm -hmm. here's a little bit of work you need to do because maybe like me, you got some some insects that are killing your grass, you know. Yeah. Uh, wow. and, and at that point, I can go to you know I I can water it all I want, and it's gonna keep dying. I can yeah. go to church all I want, but if I'm not taking the time to to do the work in my own life, mm. um, it's that's the nature of the world. Is things will will, will take it away. Um, mm. I I really like I really like the 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 hands on the the practical the you know, this is what we, we can do. This is what's up to us. This is what's up to God. Um, <laughs> why does it seem so hard sometimes? I don't know. I, I, it, 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 it's like this promise, and sometimes it feels just a little bit out of reach, but yet, I don't know, I guess without the faith that it will work if we'll put the work in, uh, mm -hmm. we'll probably never get around to it. Um, I don't know. I'll let you. I'll give you the last word. Uh, it's your book, uh, but it, mm -hmm. this is really this is good. This has been very. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I want to ask a question from the audience. Mm -hmm. She says, "Why do you think the sower uh, would toss seed on rocky soil?" She she said, "Would you say that's careless?" Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. If God is the sower, if the rocky soil is you know kind of proud people who resist it and harden their hearts. I think it's a John three sixteen issue. Hmm. If if God said, "Well, you stubborn people, I'm done with you." Hmm. <laughs> um, no, He loves the word. You know, why did Jesus in Matthew twenty three? Why did Jesus weep after preaching His intense message to the Pharisees? Hmm. Oh, I, I just wanted to gather you together like a hen gathers her chicks, but you weren't willing. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it is the 
the big heart of God that really does objectively love every single human being, hmm. no matter what kind of soil they are. That's good. That it might seem reckless to us, but it's evidence of his love. Yeah. Oh, I, I like that. Now, you know what? I have got grass growing in a crack in the pavement <laughs> where I don't, I don't want it, but that is, some, yes. it's not even soil. It's just, it's pavement. And, and yet some seed has gotten in there and grown. Um, mm. And yeah, I think you're right. All right. Last word, Mike. Uh, love the conversation. This is always very thought provoking when I talk to you. Um, anything I missed? Uh, you know, I'll show you the book again. What's big? Start small. Mike Novotny. Pick that up wherever you get books. Timeofgrace.org. I'll show you that on the way out. But last word to you, Mike. What, what do you want people to hear? Yeah, I want people to hear, you know, you said it before, it seems so hard. The truth is in this world, we will never get to perfect maturity. There's always part of us that's gonna feel like, I'm not there yet, I'm not there yet. That, that's true, you're gonna feel that way until you die, because you're not gonna turn into Jesus next Tuesday. But I would say this, by the grace of God and with his forgiveness and help, when we mature, that makes a real difference to people in this world. Mm. You know, whether I'm a, a good husband or an absentee one, it, it might not change things in China, but I'll tell you what, there's one woman and two daughters in my home who would love to be blessed by a mature Mike. Mm. You know, th there are people at my church who if I'm humble and courageous with God's word and I'm there to serve them instead of to take from them, their experience with organized religion is gonna be so much different than if I was corrupt and in this for myself. Mm. Yeah. And so, yes, this is a challenge. Our sanctification and our Christian life is always messy and imperfect, but it it really does matter. And so let's hear the word with the help of God. Let's receive his grace and forgiveness. Put it into practice with the help of the spirit, because in the end, our lives do matter. Yeah. And we do have the guarantee that we will grow fruit. We will we will see that harvest. Uh, and it is uh, so if you if you sat and watched, I, I planted some shrubs. I was looking at them yesterday and I don't see any change in them because I look at them like every week. <laughs> but if you give it the time, those things will become big trees. And so mm. there, there is that guarantee. I love it. Mike, again, thank you. Appreciate uh, your time, your insight. Uh, you guys check out timeofgrace.org and come back. We've got more great for you right here on Life Today Live. I'll see you again next time. man comes to the Father, but by me.